0: Welcome to Shruti Out Loud, a podcast where I invite guests from different walks of life to share their stories of following their passion, success, and happiness, which in turn motivates our listeners to follow their heart. Hello, and welcome back to Shruti Out Loud podcast. Today's episode is um, another collaboration with Queen's Lounge by Akanshi Gar, And I'm so glad that we are going ahead with this collaboration and bringing, it, bringing in some people, some guests with a lot of knowledge and a lot of conversations, a lot of motivation and a lot of learning. So today's episode is no less than what we have done before. And our today's guest is Dr. Dhwani Magu who is a practicing uh, obstetrician and gynecologist with an experience of about 13 years, uh, over 13 years, to be honest. Um, She specializes in high-risk maternity care, infertility management, and all gynecological problems. Uh, She believes in empowering her patients by educating them about health and healthcare needs. So let's bring her on board and take this conversation ahead. Welcome, Dr. Dwani. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this podcast and sharing your knowledge with our listeners.
1: So, hi, Shruti. Uh, it's great to be here. So much for having me today. Looking forward to this because uh, we are going to discuss a lot of relevant topics for young women.
0: Uh, so let's start uh, with a simple question, uh, a question about periods. Uh, what are the causes of delayed periods and is it is it a point of concern when it happens? And if yes, then what should be done uh, by women or young women who are going through the same?
1: Okay, so, uh, you know, uh, causes of delayed periods are, you know, four or five main causes firstly you need to rule out if you are pregnant that is the most important cause and in case uh, you are sure that you know you're not pregnant you've done your urine pregnancy test then uh, the second reason could be that either you're in stress or you've put on weight or lost a lot of weight suddenly or there could be thyroid problems that is you know hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism and also there is a hormonal disorder called pcod or polycystic ovarian disease that causes delayed periods so uh, these are a few causes that cause you know a delay in your periods and once you out that you are not pregnant you must see a gynecologist and get a few basic investigations done to rule out you know any hormonal issue so in case, uh, you know, maybe an ultrasound or a few blood tests are advised, and accordingly, then we advise the patient the next step. So, um, you know, it's a good, you know, very important to keep your periods uh, regular because uh, later on, you know, I've seen that it causes a lot of, if the PCOD is not controlled in time, it could lead to a lot of other problems, you know, variances and officials. So, yes, you must keep a track of your periods and uh, they must be uh, regular. So, that is, you know, a 21 to 45 day cycle is considered a normal cycle.
0: Um, in that, I have a follow up question that say, initially, young women might experience periods for about, say, three or four days. So, does the duration change uh, as they grow older? Like, say, somebody who was in her 17, 18, or maybe early 20s, and she was experiencing periods for about four days. But now in her early 30s or late 30s, now the duration has decreased to, say, a day and a half or maybe two days. So is that normal or is that also a point of concern that should be checked?
1: Uh, So see, the normal duration of periods is somewhere from, it could be from two days to, say, five, six or seven days. So um, if it is, you know, just spotting or less than a less than two day period, that could be an abnormal period. And if your period is lasting for more than seven days and you're having excessive clotting, so that again is an abnormal period, which needs to be investigated. And yeah, so this could be uh, not necessarily age related, but if you know, you're, uh, uh, there could be multiple reasons, you know, for uh, decrease in the flow of periods or excessive flow. There are multiple uh, diseases. So, yes, you must visit your gynecologist. And sometimes, you know, if your ovarian reserve is falling, and that means your egg quality is decreasing with the age, that could also be one reason that your period, uh, the duration of your period decreases. So if you, you know, it could be an indication that if you've not planned your pregnancy, so that is an indication that you must start planning your pregnancies.
0: Yeah. Right. So that brings me to my next question. Uh, So I would like to talk about a topic that women of this generation are widely concerned about. Um, So as we all know that we are living in a very fast paced world and women sometimes uh, prefer to delay their pregnancy or delay their uh, basically growing their family. So um, what should they know about egg freezing and when should they take the decision of going ahead with it?
1: Okay, so, you know, um, earlier they used to say that, you know, women have a very short biological clock but uh, now you know with the new technologies you know with the concept of egg freezing it has been there for a while now but I I feel that a lot of young women don't know about it so uh, for career oriented women or you know women who are um, getting married late you know maybe after 35 years so you must know that your egg quality it starts declining after 30 to 32 years and there is a decline after 35 years so uh, for whatever reason if there is a delay in your you planning your pregnancy then a right time to freeze your eggs is around between 30 to 32 years and uh, uh, one thing like you know one like we do our regular health checks every year i would recommend that all young women must get their amh levels done every year So AMH, you know, it's a blood test. It's anti-mullerian hormone. And this test, it tells you about your ovarian reserve. So once, you know, you do it every year and uh, you are sure that it's in the optimal level, so you can, you know, freeze your eggs and delay your pregnancies. But if you realize that it has started falling, so that is an indicator that now you must, either you plan your pregnancy or if you've uh, frozen your eggs, then you're on the safe side. And the good part is that we maintained for you know as long as you want to freeze the eggs. So, in, in, so you know, uh, I would say the best example is of Dinah Hayden. You know, she was Miss World, and she was the one who you know, um, because of her career choices, she went ahead and she uh, freezed her eggs at the age of I think about um, 26 or 27, and then she had her children after 10 years of freezing her eggs. So, um, you know, but I still realize that a lot of young girls are not aware of this. So that is the reason I want to educate you and uh, make women aware that this is a very good option that you have of stopping your biological clock. Yeah.
0: I totally agree with you on this point that at least uh, I'm not sure how it is in other countries. But I think in India, yes, women are not very aware of this fact. And that is the reason why a lot of times uh, the families, uh, when they pressurize women to have babies, they obviously don't know about this option. So they cannot really say something about it. And sometimes they go ahead with the decision even when they are not ready. So uh, thank you for touching this topic and uh, sharing the information on this. Um, All right, so moving on to the next question. Uh, A common term heard these days is PCOD. Could you tell us uh, what exactly it is, what are the symptoms, and if there is any treatment? Or what can a woman do to uh, be aware of it? And if it happens, what should be done next?
1: Okay. So, I've uh, noticed that during this COVID period, you know, during the last two years, a lot of girls, uh, they have, uh, maybe because of uh, decreased physical uh, workouts and, you know, staying in the house, a lot of young women have uh, put on weight. So, PCOD, you know, it is, uh, it uh, the basic term means polycystic ovarian disease. And it is a hormonal disorder. And uh, it could, uh, you know, it could be genetic or you could develop it if you've suddenly, you know, put on weight or you've been eating too many sugars. So uh, what happens that in your ovaries there are these very small, small cysts that develop, and um, the uh, egg uh, ovulation that needs to happen every month that does not occur, and for some reason the ovaries get blocked, which causes these cysts. So the symptoms could be, you know, like delayed periods or it could be you could get a lot of acne on the face or you could have hair loss or your facial hair could increase or you know hair over your body and it also causes uh, you know derangement of your blood sugars so the blood sugar level rises your insulin level rises in the body and the male hormones they start rising so uh, you know uh, like i told you that because of sudden you know gaining weight during these two years lot of women have developed pcod so i generally you know educate them that see we will initiate the treatment but this is a lifestyle disorder you need to maintain your sugar levels you need to maintain your weight you need to do some form of daily exercise for so about 30 to 40 minutes decrease the uh, you know the food which has high glycemic index you need to decrease that you know you need to decrease your sugar intake all the white uh, food stuff like you know uh, white flour or uh, pizzas pastas noodles so all this needs to be controlled you need to have a healthy diet healthy balanced diet which is very important So uh, once we initiate the treatment, it helps the patient, you know, the periods come back to normal. You start ovulating regularly, you lose weight also. But then after, say, three to six months of the treatment, it is you who needs to maintain your lifestyle. Uh, You need to do some modifications. You need to be active. And that is how you maintain your PCOD. Because sometimes, you know, I've seen that a lot of times this is, you know, something which cannot be resolved completely it is there but you need to keep it under control so um, that is something uh, that young girls need to be aware of that keep a check on your weight be active and keep a healthy diet
0: yeah right Uh, so here I have another follow-up question uh, regarding to the same topic does PCOD affect uh, how you conceive does it also play a role uh, when if, say, somebody, a couple, they are trying to conceive and the woman has PCOD, affect their, uh, the, when they are trying to have a baby?
1: So see, sometimes, like I said, that uh, because of the fat content, the ovary which needs to ovulate, Every month that does not happen, so the cycles are anovulatory. So sometimes that causes a problem in conception. If you know it is uh there are levels of PCOD, so if it is towards the moderate to severe side of PCOD, yes, there could be issues in conceiving, and that is when we you know help them, we give them some medicines and to stimulate the ovaries better, you know, so that better eggs are formed. So yeah, that is um, uh, one drawback of having PCOD. So that is why you know we do a preconceptional counseling. Once the patient plans to have a baby, we call them three months prior, we assess everything and all uh, the tests are done to diagnose if anything is you know untoward. And we generally treat that before the patient
0: uh, is pregnant. Right. Uh, Thank you for answering that question, because I think uh, this is something which is very common these days. As you said that during the COVID, this really happened. So thank you for sharing the knowledge and uh, the, uh, the treatment and basically the lifestyle changes that women, young women need to focus on. So my next question is something that uh, came through you, that's some, something that you suggested. And I'm so glad that you did, because honestly, I, uh, somehow I could not uh, tap that question and bring it up. But thank you for uh, mentioning that we should talk about this topic. So uh, the next question, the next topic that we are going to talk about is cervical cancer. So what should our audience know about cervical cancer? And uh, what is the age? when women should start getting themselves tested and how often should they do it? So see, cervical cancer is uh, the most common
1: cancer in women in India. And uh, what is cervix? You should know cervix is the lowermost part of the uterus. Okay, That is where your baby grows. That's your womb. So cervix is basically the mouth of the womb. And that is one part that you cannot see; that only your gynecologist guide- can see. So, uh, and the most cancer is human papilloma infections. Papilloma virus is, uh, you know, these are uh, viral infections, and they could be transmitted, you know, through sexual activity or uh, you know uh, through whatever reason. So, gynecologist once a year for an internal checkup and you must get your screenings done for cervical cancer that is your pap smear your pap smear and your hpv testing has to be done once in three years and uh, there are these vaccines available for cervical cancer prevention of cervical cancer so you must go ahead and take it and all women who are you know uh, less than 45 years are eligible for the vaccine it is uh, it's a quadrivalent vaccine called gardasil so it has uh, there are two types gardasil 4 and gardasil 9 so you need to you know the vaccination starts at almost uh, 10 years of age so once the girls are 10 years old you have daughters who are 10 years old please get them vaccinated uh, and because the earlier you're vaccinated the better protection there is and you can take the vaccination up till 45 years of age So it's very important that you be educated about this. And um, this is one way that we can prevent cervical cancer and HPV, a lot of HPV infections, you know, warts and certain anal cancers can also be prevented by this vaccine. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Dhwani, because um, honestly, now that you have mentioned it, I did not know about this fact that the vaccines for... So cervical cancer, they should be started at the age of uh, 10. So I'm just uh, sort of, you know, at a loss of words right now because I don't know anybody who knows this information. And I have got friends who have kids of about that age, and although we are way past that age, but yes, uh, I would really like to show my grat- gratitude to you for sharing this information. And I really hope our audience, our listeners, uh, they take this seriously and go ahead with the vaccines. Also, um, how often uh, should this be done? Is it an annual vaccine or how it goes?
1: No, so it's a a once-in-a-lifetime vaccine, but it has three doses, so zero, two, and six months. If you are between the age of 10 to 16 years, it's only two doses at zero months and six months. Beyond 16 years, there are three doses, and zero months, then two months, and then six
0: months. All right. So uh, say somebody who is in their early 30s, and they want to go ahead with it. So this would happen within the duration of the three doses?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, within six months, your complete vaccination is
0: uh, done. Thank you so much, Dr. Dhwani. And I am so glad that we touched this topic. All right. So uh, lastly, is there anything that you would like to tell mothers of young teenage daughters and how can they open a conversation with them about sexual reproduction? Because um, as I just said that uh, I have uh, I have friends who have kids of that age. And we do talk about this fact that they, uh, they discuss this with amongst all of us that I don't know how to initiate that conversation. I don't know how to tell that this and, so, uh, this and this is going to happen and so and so changes are going to happen in your body. So could you maybe uh, share a few tips or few uh, conversation openers that women can go ahead with while talking to their young daughters? yeah
1: so uh, i myself am a mother and uh, of uh, a 12 year old girl so you know i would just like to say that um, once girls are reaching you know say 10 or 11 years that is the, that is the time that you need to start talking to them because nowadays you know the uh, the age of first period has gone down to almost you know girls are getting it at 9 years or 10 years of age so what I did for my daughter was, you know, I started talking about it once she was nine years old and I got some books for her. You know, there are these really nice books that you get, which, you know, just uh, teach them about basic uh, physical changes in the body and their periods, you know, so that, you know, once you prime them, they are not scared once they get their period, you know, it's, it's, it shouldn't be a sudden thing. So there has to be a basic uh, conversation between a mother and daughter that, yeah, this is something which is very natural. You don't need to be worried about it. And, uh, you know, this is how it starts. And um, it just make it like a very natural thing so that the girls are not scared of this. And also, I would say that you must educate your boys as well. You know, even they should know about this, that this is what the girls go through. And they should—it's a—it's a a very normal thing. Nothing to be ashamed of, and uh, you can talk about it openly in your family. It's not something that you know you have to talk about it in a hush way. Earlier, like you know, this periods were considered so you know it was a taboo topic to talk about. But now, as times are changing, and I've noticed that yeah, you know, even boys. uh, about it so you must educate both your boys as well as your girls that this is a very natural process and this is how you uh, go through it you know just you can get some books and there are these apps nowadays where girls can track their periods you know I've seen girls are very smart they they download these apps in their mobiles and they keep tracking their periods So that is something that is very important that you must educate at and starting early, say about nine years. That is a good time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I totally agree with you on this, that um, even when if I talk about um, when my period started, um, I was never very open with my mother. So honestly, I did not uh, learn anything about periods from my mother and it was my friends who did it so yes it has been uh, as you said that it has been a uh, taboo topic for a very long time but i think yes now things are changing now uh, the this generation of parents they are actually teaching their kids both girls and boys about how this is a normal process this is a um, like a process of the body and it happens so thank you for uh, sharing the little tips and the way you also did it with your daughter and the way you have mentioned that there are books and all uh, that can actually help the kids understand. I think that is also very necessary. So um, if, if if there are any books or anything that you would like to recommend, that would be really helpful.
1: I, I don't remember the name, but I can maybe, you know, share it later with you. But the apps, I remember there was like a flow app, uh, which is very, you know, uh, which helps her to track her periods. And um, the books, you'll get a lot of books on Amazon, you know, about this. So you can
0: just go ahead and search. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great idea that, you know, basically introduce them uh this two books okay.
1: so and the school really helps you know I've, I've noticed that the school teachers they really help with this they start talking to the students about this from uh, class four or five onwards so that that is also a very it's a nice way to prime the students you know in school so that also really helps yeah
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, the times have really changed because back when I was in school and uh, there was this chapter on uh, the the sexual reproduction and I remember how our school used to sort of, you know, separate boys and girls. And even with girls, when the teacher was teaching, she was just reading, just reading, no explanation done whatsoever. So yes, (laughs) I think times have definitely changed now and for the better
1: absolutely definitely yeah and I also want to tell that you know women should be aware of their fertile periods because um, You know, what is your fertile period is when you have Intercourse during that period you land up in pregnancy so you must take extra precautions and use contraception if uh, you are having contact during that period and uh, that is from day 13 to day 17 of your cycle uh, if you have a regular cycle of say 28 to 30 days and the first day is taken as uh, the day you start your period, that is day one. So you calculate from there. So day 13 to day 17 is the fertile period. So you you know when you have to be extra cautious and if you're not planning a pregnancy, so please use your contraception.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for adding uh, that tip that point uh in this conversation and dr dhwani thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and sharing all the information sharing all the knowledge and i'm sure that uh, there might be some follow-up questions so i'll get back to you if there is anything at all and possibly we can do another episode on uh some another topic or something sure
1: that'll be great <laughs>
0: And as you said that, you know, you believe in empowering uh, women through sharing the knowledge about health and health problems. And that's exactly what you did with us on this podcast. So thank you once again for being a part of this.
1: Thank you so much. It was lovely uh, talking to you and uh, yeah, looking forward to more episodes. Yeah.
0: All right, Dr. Dhani, Have a great day. Bye. 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 Shruti Outloud welcomes all stories. It can be a brand, it can be an organization, or it can be a person. The only thing common would be passion for life. Please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Ghana Podcast, and every other platform where you can hear this. Please leave a review as that helps my podcast to grow. Thank you once again. See you for the next episode. Bye.